So if I were a Roblox, what on earth would I be? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. If you have video game playing kids, you've probably heard about the game Roblox. But the thing is, it's more than just a game. It's actually a platform for creation that at times feels a bit like Minecraft, a bit like The Sims, sometimes almost a bit like YouTube, weirdly enough, and a whole bunch of other things. In fact, part of the draw is that it gives young gamers a chance to design and build their own custom digital creations. Roblox isn't new. It's been around since 2006, and that makes it practically a dinosaur in video (laughs) game years. But the infusion of new games under the Roblox umbrella means that it's always fresh. And during the COVID pandemic especially, it's drawn in many more younger users to engage in the imaginary world building that Roblox encourages. You know, compared to many games today, Roblox is pretty innocent in a lot of ways. But that doesn't mean parents can just send kids off on autopilot to play as much as they want, because there are still some significant concerns to address here. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, equipping you as parents with all of the information you need to make a good decision for your family about this popular game. Joining me for our conversation today are Bob Hoos, Emily Clark, and Jonathan McKee. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid... One of my dreams, oh, it was a special dream, (laughs) was having an arcade game at home. And I just, I remember going to the arcade and thinking, what if dad just one day came home with something in the truck and we took it down to the basement and I could just play there? So if you could have one arcade (laughs) game in your home today, what would it be? I'm going to have well, you go yeah. first, Pop, because I kind of actually know the answer you, to your we question. Because we were it, just talking about it. Talking about it yesterday in, in a Facebook Live. Um, I y- used to have a Tron machine, an actual arcade from wow. the arcade Tron wow. machine, those big old beefy things. And they were it was, it was loads of fun. I was really good at it, too. Uh-huh. Um, because you owned it. That's right. I owned it, and it was in my basement. Uh, but then we moved, and I couldn't fit it down the hallway to get it into my basement again. And so, oh, no. and, and my wife said, you can't put it in the bedroom. So I, so I, <laughs> so I had to get rid of it. And, uh, but, but it was, it was really fun. Was it having. the one like you sat down in? Was it one of the big? No, it was a stand-up. It was, it was a, stand-up a stand-up one, okay. But it was still full size and it, it just wouldn't go down the, uh, right. the well, stairway. Bob's so, living the life I have always wanted. Until I had to give it away. I knew <laughs> that I was envious of you for a reason, but you know. Of course. Hallways come for all of us eventually, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Bob, if you were truly committed, you would have demoed a wall, you know, to, yeah. to well, make that was, sure that, that, that could... was I was thinking about it, but <laughs> my wife wasn't happy about that idea. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think Donkey Kong's the first thing that came to mind. But then I'm like, no, but wait, Qbert. No, wait. You know, uh, but you know what? I, I think the social part of me, uh, because I like playing with friends, would be that very often in restaurants, remember how back in the days and, and uh, you know, you used to go to a restaurant and there'd be like a table yeah, video game. the console there ones. Yeah. That, yep. people could, that could people could play. And they used to have um, like a Miss Pac-Man that yep. had the, you know, the little joystick on each side so you could sit down and you could play two-player and, and, it, would, and it would switch back and forth. Yep. Um, and, and you could eat was, your pizza on it too, which yeah. is like you, you could. <laughs> almost you in could. heaven right there, Ms. Pac-Man and pizza. 
And that's kind of cool because you could literally make it your kitchen table. No, <laughs> I don't know about that far. But, uh, <laughs> Only if you I were think... single, which you would remain for that's, a long that's time. <laughs> that's it. That's like, that's like Bob demoing the wall. I yeah. don't know. But for me, I guess because of that, I think that's pretty cool that it wouldn't be the stand-up thing, but it would be something that would be more social. So I think it would be that two-player table Miss Pac-Man. That actually sounds really cool, and I want that. <laughs> can I have that? Yeah. No, because yeah. by the you time you can change your answer on the fly, <laughs> that is okay. Because by the time that I came on the scene, there really weren't any cool video games around anymore. There was no Tron. There was no, you know, Donkey Kong or any of that. I mean, like you could get them on consoles, like yeah. you know, the Nintendo and everything, but you could not. But they weren't like in arcades. Right. Arcades had pretty much died. By the time I was old enough to appreciate them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to go with Jonathan's answer yeah. because that sounds awesome. Well, and, and, you know, <laughs> and the fact is they used to put them in hotel lobbies yeah. all the time, too, and you could go in and play. And uh, and they had a variety of different games. You had yeah, Space Invaders in there, I know, is one of them because I used to play that a lot of well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like resisting the... the urge to make a Space Invaders noise because I won't get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, by the time I came along, like you didn't even know them by name anymore. It was like, oh, let's go play the racing game or, you know, the shooter game or whatever it was. And so, yeah, I'm kind of envious of you guys in that regard. <sighs> yes, I'm well, sorry you know. that you were born too late, Emily. <laughs> Good things about being old, you know? <laughs> well, I want to circle back to what Jonathan said about the social aspect because I think, you know, Back in the day, video games were, can you get a high score? You know, how many levels of Ms. Pac-Man can you do? It was pretty straightforward. But obviously, video games have evolved an enormous amount in the last 30 or 40 years. And it's not just a, hey, I'm going to go drop a quarter for 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 30 seconds, you know, while we're waiting for the pizza to come. But they have become, for some of us and for some kids really all-encompassing. And there is a social aspect because we can connect online now that introduces all kinds of possibilities, but also some problems. Yeah. And so, you know, that is what we're going to be talking about today as we dive into Roblox. Anybody who pays much attention to video games knows that hit video games come and go constantly. But a hearty few manage to offer something that has a longer lasting appeal than just what's hot in this moment. And I think Roblox has been around 15 years. It certainly puts it in that territory. Uh, and as I said earlier, a decade and a half is, is sort of like a Jurassic Park right. <laughs> amount of age right. for a video game. But of course, it has evolved in that time. And the result has been a whole series of games available to kids under the Roblox banner. So let's dive in and deepen our understanding of what Roblox is and what parents need to be aware of. Well, I asked that question in the intro, if I were a Roblox, what would I be? But honestly, it's not such a simple question to answer because it's not just one game. So as succinctly as possible, how would you guys describe Roblox to someone who's not familiar with it? I think the thing that you started out with when you were saying that it's not just a game, I think that's probably the best uh, element to sort of push forward for parents who have never heard of it or never seen the game before because it isn't a game. It is a platform with like 50 million games, and I don't exaggerate. Yeah, it's almost uh, infinite. Yeah, it, it just goes on and on and on and on. Now, they're not all great games. They're all sometimes little tiny games, little short 
very, very simple games. Some kids, for example, you don't have everyone building games, by the way, just in right. case you had this impression that every kid stepped in and built games. A lot of the, I mean, there's like, there's over a hundred million people that come in and, and populate this platform and play these various games. And you can have anywhere from, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people on any given game. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the first thing I think parents can sort of wrap their brain around. And, and, um, the, the people that build the games, there's only like like 2% of the entire population that actually build the games. And uh, I, I mean, seriously build games. Right. And you might have some kid, and by the way, that's separate software. So let me just give you a, a rundown really quickly. If your child wants to join Roblox, it's very simple. They, they download the app. And then they, they do something as simple as uh, coming up with a, uh, a name, a password. You put in your age and your gender, and bingo, the world is open to you. Although there is some immediate filtering depending on how yeah, old you are, right, which right. we'll get to in a little bit. Right. We'll talk about in the parent section. Um, but also, after you're on there and you're playing games, anybody can go and download the free software which is like a toolbox to help them build games. And a lot of kids might experiment with it, but just build like a little tiny room where they can hang out with their friends. Right. Something very, very simple where it's got little platforms and you jump around and you do nothing but just laugh. Uh, but there are others where they're very complicated games. But I also should point this out, and I don't want to steal the, all the thunder here, so I'll... I'll leave my section with this and let you guys talk about it too. I should, should also point out for parents that it's the, the figures aren't lifelike in right. case you've never seen it. They're, they're much like little plastic toys, maybe not like quite Legos. As, yeah, very yeah, much like in Legos. The, in the neighborhood they're not Legos. as blocky as like Minecraft, but they are much more like a plastic toy with a face painted on it, you know? So it, there's nothing really offensive when it comes to the, the creation of the characters. You know, I, I read uh, that Roblox could easily be described as YouTube meets Minecraft. And yeah. a, as you're talking, it, it you know makes me realize how accurate that definition is. Because, I mean, YouTube is obviously something that you could, you know, if you ask that question as a parent, is YouTube good or bad? Well, it kind of depends on which video you're looking at. Right. You know, and that's the thing. There's, there's millions of videos out there. Most people just watch it. But there's also these creators. And, uh, yeah, it ends up being this kind of thing that most kids just come and, pl you know, choose a game. And some games make it, some don't. But it allows some creativity for some kids. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I would just describe it as virtual Legos, in my opinion. Because you go in and you can either... You know, you can you can sit there and you can follow the diagram and you can build, you know, the Lego ship or whatever and play with your friends that way, like according to, you know, a very specific set of standards. Or you could go in and just be like, nope, I'm going to build whatever I feel like building. Mm -hmm. And so you have like a lot of options there. Um, and then you could go in and you could be like, I'm not going to build anything. I'm just going to get the little Lego person and I'm just going to move him around the set, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of different options because you, Because you go into these games with your own little avatar. Right. You know, which you can put hats and outfits on your yep. avatar and that sort of thing. You know, one other thing that I'll throw in here as, as a mention, because parents might want to know, um, there are actually people that are good enough to make money right. oh, yeah. on, on this, on Roblox too. Yeah. 
In fact, I, I, it was, I think, 2019, uh, Roblox uh, reported that they, they gave people over $100 million wow. by, throughout the year. And, and you might say, okay, well, wait, wait, how do they make money? Well, it's because they have in-game sales. Okay. So if you've got these really good creators, they might make fancy hats or masks. And, and so they're unique, and people actually uh, pay real cash to buy Robux. Not and Sears and Robux. No, but, but it's, it's in-game <laughs> cash. So you, you, you pay a couple of dollars, and you get a whole fistful of Robux. And then you can spend those in the game. And then, like, at the end of a month, if somebody's been very, very productive, they can trade their Robux in for real money. And, but it's like, like 100000 to $350 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and, and that's something we'll definitely want to talk about in the uh, parental controls section because that brings up a whole other slew of issues. But I think one of the things I really like about the game is, and, and my kids are now in their 20s, um, I know my son would have been all over this game. He would love this. Um, back when he was Nintendoing, he used to love Animal Crossing, and his sisters would actually come in and watch him play because it was his own little world where he could, you know, create, you know, look at my avatar, look at my cool stuff mm-hmm. I made, look at my cool house, look at my, you know, and he used to love that. And um, it's fun when kids get to kind of create their own little thing, you know, and, and, and there's some ownership with it. And not to mention there's that social aspect that a lot of people will do this with their friends and interact with their friends through these avatars. So it's, it's a draw to young people for sure. Yeah. And I think one of the draws is just the incredible variety here. And if you go into Roblox, one of the first things you'll see is a page full of the most popular games. And so I want to just take a minute and say, what would you guys say about the most popular games and what, you know, if your kids get online, what are they likely to end up taking a look at here? So, you know, one of the games that I saw in there was called uh, Piggy, was what it was oh, called. Yeah. It and involved it, a pig, right? It, it involves a homicidal <laughs> pig. Oh, no. It, it's like um, a survival horror. Yeah. And, it like, I, I only read the description, but I was like, this sounds horrifying. Because, like, I guess what you do is you have to solve the mystery of who this pig murderer is before he kills you. And I was like, <laughs> who who's playing this? Well, who wants to play this? Well, fortunately, it's a Lego kind of piggy. So right. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, actually, to me, that almost makes it worse. <laughs> no, so, uh, sounds like Lord of the Flies piggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Maybe that's where they got the name from. But well, oh. and even that sounds a little bit like Among Us. I mean, I think yeah, in video does. games, we see these trends come in and and Roblox feels like a kind of environment where if there's a hit game somewhere else, somebody will do an approximation yeah. uh, in Roblox. Well, but it and there, the great thing about it is it also, as Jonathan was saying, it opens this door to creativity to do whatever you want you don't have to copy another game you can come up with whatever you like another one that's very popular is called uh bubblegum simulator and it is exactly what it says (laughs) (laughs) you know they're creating these big bubblegum things and bouncing on them you know and it it, to some people that'll seem like the most mundane boring thing in the world (laughs) but to some kids it's like Woohoo! I've never seen a bubble that big. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some that are uh, they're like role playing games. Essentially, you create your avatar and you go and you live in this little tiny city or whatever, and you just you literally just live. It's kind of like Sims, uh, and you just yeah, do whatever yeah, you want yeah. within the city. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Sims-ness in this yes. uh, because, you know, you have to take care of basic needs in some games. And uh, one of the ones that I will confess my daughters have been playing is called Adopt Me. And you incubate and hatch eggs and have all sorts of different small creatures and magical animals. And then you trade those with other people to mm. have a better collection of small creatures. In some ways, it reminds me a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, uh, the trading you know, card yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, got to catch them all. Um, and so that one is actually right now the most popular game. Uh, and it's it was my entree because their cousin introduced them to it. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, all right, we're going to take a time out and mm. we're going to talk about what this is and how we need to deal yeah. with that. And we'll oh, get to and, that in just a moment. Mentioning that, I, I was reading about that game, and it, the article that I was reading said there, there at any time something like 275,000 people yeah. playing that game. That's how popular it is. Yeah, it looks like right now there are 365,000 <laughs> people playing. So you can, <laughs> you can right see now, right on Right the, now, at this very moment. At this right moment. now. That's awesome. So I think that we've talked about some of the benefits uh, of creativity. And if you have um, a child that maybe has a bent toward wanting to get into coding or, you know, just experimenting in this kind of area, mm -hmm. this might be a, an easy and fun way to do that. What are some of the concerns that parents need to be aware of with regard to Roblox? You know, I think one of the biggest things that just like all video games um, is, you know, Parents, I think, should always try to sit down with their kid and play the game with them. Kind of like how you just, Adam, said, man, when my, you know, my daughter's cousin introduced him to the game and I realized, hey, I, I need to sit down and be like, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. That's, just, that's a good practice and it doesn't necessarily need to be in a kind of like, hey, what is this? Let, let, me, let me see. You know, like the authoritarian, it could be like, hey, can I play and, and sit down with your kids and play and, and, and see what it's like. And, and I think with all games, there, there does need to be that time where we are the parent and we sit down and say, hey, let's talk about parental controls. Uh, parental controls are so important with any game. And, and here, this is uh, an opportunity where parental controls can help them. You know, uh, one of the biggest things I think with Roblox is restricting uh, the voice chat. Yes. Because when you have young kids playing, right now we found out that at this very moment, we got 365,000 other people playing. I guarantee some of those are creepy men who like little boys. And I'm just telling you, that's just the way it is. That That's the game world. And we as parents need to be able to be aware. And, and if I had young kids, I would definitely set it to where my kids could only play with their cousin. Yep. They could only play with people that they met face-to-face. -face. And that's where it starts, right and, there. And that's a very good point. There have been a number of stories in the news yep. over the years uh, about adults grooming kids there. Yes. And there was one story uh, not all that long ago about a young girl's avatar. She was like, um, she was like seven, I think. She was a very young girl. And that her avatar was attacked in game by mm. two male avatars. And the adults running the male avatars were doing it on purpose. In fact, they had actually broken the code of that given game. So that they so, could do it. So that they could not only do that, but also they could, let's say, adorn their characters very explicitly. Mm. And, and it, you know, the mom just happened to be walking by when her daughter was playing this game. 
It and wasn't Roblox. This is another no, game. This no, was, this was, was Roblox. Roblox. But I mean, it was the game within Roblox. Got it. And she just happened to spot it on the screen, and she said, what is this? And she recorded some of, of what was going on so that she could report it to uh, the, the the makers of Roblox. And they, of course, apologized and you know put in all these extra features. But the fact is that those kinds of things can happen, even even when they're going out of their way to put all these parental features in there. Like, for example, you know, he, he mentioned uh, parental uh, controls. controls. Yeah. The, one, one of the things they've put in place is a sensor to make sure that every avatar is clothed. Now, I know you think, what? But they actually have that built into the game that if you ever have a, an avatar that doesn't have clo- all its clothes on, it's booted. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, I was looking at uh, their parental guidelines and parental controls and everything yesterday um, in preparation for this podcast, and I noticed that they, the, the creators of Roblox have created, not they not only have human moderators, but they have AI moderators mm-hmm. in within the game, which I actually think is really cool. So they're censoring things like language in the chat. They're censoring things, like you said, like the clothing. Um, they're censoring, they're looking for people who are hacking the code and trying to break the code like mm-hmm. those men you mentioned. Um, and so like, I actually think that's kind of cool because I don't yeah. think a lot of games have all of that going on. Um so yeah, I I think that they are they really are trying their best to make this a platform where kids can play safely. Um and even within their like parental guidelines and stuff, they recommend to parents, "Hey, talk to your kids about the game, you know, see what they're playing." So they actually encourage yeah. parents to get involved. Well, and this is just another area where parents have to realize this this is going to take a little bit of work. We, we aren't going to be able to tell you straight up Roblox is good or Roblox is bad. You know, sometimes I think, sadly, parents are looking for, should I ban the game or allow the game? And, and it's not, it, it, you know, the best example is YouTube. You know, YouTube, you can watch Tim Keller debate Christianity or you can watch a bunch of, you know, frat boys, you know, cursing like sailors. You know, I mean, it really depends where you go. And that's where we need to start this, you know, process of, talking with our kids uh, about becoming screen wise we need to you know have dialogues with them and with younger kids it starts with parental controls where we can block some of that stuff out but uh, again this is also a good reason to never let your kids you know have their devices in their bedroom alone all night long because it's better to you know thank goodness that that mom walked by and saw what was going on with her little girl um it would be you know if you've got young kids playing games it really should be a screen in the room with you. And as they get older, obviously they'll develop more trust and you could teach them to start recognizing predatory behaviors and stuff. But this, this takes some time. Right. I, I, I'll point out one more uh, parental control. They've got a very strong reporting system too. Yep. So if kids see something, like you were mentioning, Emily, if they spot something and parents have already talked to them about keep an eye out for anything, they can let mom know really quickly and they can report it and have it taken care of. But one other element that we probably ought to mention, mm-hmm. but e- even though it's not as as offensive as, you know, being attacked in the game, but that's also scammers. When you're mm-hmm. talking about adults that are involved in a game, especially with kids who are um, who are not quite as savvy as adults, you've got people, I, I was mentioning earlier about how you have in-game sales and mm-hmm. you've got Robux that everybody can, can buy and spend inside the game. 
Um, well, there are scammers that try and take advantage of that too. So parents should be aware of it. And what I mean by that is they might have some special thing where they say, share your code. I mean, share your password and you'll get X number of Robux. And then of course the kids shares their password and they lose all of their Robux, right. you know? So you got to be careful with that kind of, of, uh, behavior too. Again, another thing that the the manufacturers or the makers, game makers, are trying to keep an eye on, but it's just another element. Right. When you've got, you know, 365,000 people yeah. on one game alone right now, uh, even with AI, there is a possibility that, you know, yeah. a bad apple gets through there for yeah. a minute. Well, and we also need to teach our kids um, how to spot advertising uh, because they're going to be bombarded with advertising of, you know, of buying Robux. And, and um, I, you know, you hear all the horror stories of the parent who's, you know, kid wants to, you know, hey, mom, can I give you two bucks? And then I want to use it for my game. And mom gives the credit card and thinks it's that one time. And, and the kid, you know, now has the card in the system and charges $365,000 worth of rope. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, this this happens in the gaming world all the time where parents are like, what? I thought this was just two bucks. Yeah. You know, and and obviously, mom and dad, you know, this is the thing where you can set the passwords to where you would have to enter your own password every time a purchase is made. And that's obviously a good idea to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think on even a more basic level, one of the things that we have talked about for years at Plugged In with regard to video games is the reality that these games can be compulsive. They are designed and intended to draw you in. Uh, And so even with Adopt Me with my daughters, we have to set some time parameters. It's like, okay, we can play this for a certain amount of time and then we're gonna do something else. And different families approach those boundaries and those rules and restrictions in different ways. So there's not a one size fits all approach here but left to their own devices quite literally um (laughs) they would probably play adopt me 15 hours a day (laughs) because there's always this the dopamine hit that comes from oh i traded in my five normal unicorns and i got a sparkly unicorn and it (laughs) as a you know of course it sounds maybe kind of ridiculous but when we're talking about a a 10 or 11 year old little girl that sparkly unicorn is pretty cool. And or an got, adult and, girl because the heck yeah. awesome. Okay. Also, also <laughs> well, Emily would no. like a sparkly and, and unicorn. You, and you also have to think about the sheer volume of games. I mean, if, right. you, if you let a kid go in a game store filled with 50 million games, yeah. it's hard to walk back out the door. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and with the current mental health crisis that's going on with young people, you know, we've talked about that, you know, in this podcast before. And, you know... Uh, we've learned mostly that social media is really the thing we should be careful of because that's the thing where young kids are, you know, gleaning their self-esteem from how many likes they have and how many followers and, and, and the interactions they're having with others. And, and that's one thing, you know, with this game, we've got to be careful with any game where you're out there interacting with others like this. Um, very often in these social situations, we just need to be aware of you know, the conversations our kids are having. And uh, for those of us who have kids who are creators, very often this can be a thing of, okay, let me see how many people I get to get, you know, to play my game. And, and their identity can all of a sudden become 
so intertwined with mm-hmm. how well their game does. And we need to just be careful of that. We need to talk with our kids about that and let them know that their identity is based on so much more than how successful their Roblox game is. Absolutely. Well, as the parent of a 10 and a 12 and a 14-year-old myself, man, I am right in the thick of this conversation. Mm. And as we have talked about throughout the last um, surreal year of the coronavirus, um, the screen time battle has never been an easy one, but it has been especially fierce the last year. And it, it feels like a moving target. We're constantly resetting and making adjustments in our family um, and having to deal with things that pop up. Uh, my kids weren't into this game six months ago. Now they are. And so now we're having this conversation. Uh, it can be challenging to keep up with everything that our kids get into, and Roblox is no exception. Um, but I think a, a couple things that we've seen in this conversation, this can be a fun opportunity for learning and engagement Uh, and creativity. And on the cautionary side, there are things here that as parents, we need to be aware of. And it is so important to be actively engaged in knowing what your kids are doing, setting those parental controls and doing what we can to, to protect our kids and to set the right kind of boundaries. And maybe even build a game with your child. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of intentionality is what we want to encourage. Intentionality is is really uh, one of the watchwords here. We want you not to put your kids and your brain on autopilot and you know send them to the basement for four hours <laughs> to do Roblox, but to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and understanding their personalities. I sat down the other night with one of my daughters for almost an hour and um, just watched her as she played the game and talked to me through what she was doing. And, uh, and it was a blast just to see why she enjoys this so much. And it gives me the relational capital when I say, okay, it's now time for a break. Uh, I'm not just swooping in from some other part of the house to say you're done now, but she understands that I am engaged with that process and that my wife is too. Well, we hope our conversation today has given you some ideas about how to engage in this conversation with your children. We would also love to hear from you. Are your kids into Roblox? How have you dealt with this game? How have you set boundaries and parameters to enable your kids to play safely? And what other games are attracting their attention these days? We would love to hear that as well. And you can let us know by giving us a shout out on Facebook or Instagram, or you can drop us an email at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. As always, we hope that The Plugged In Show can be a real catalyst for you to go deeper in your thinking about popular culture, your entertainment habits, and how these choices potentially influence your faith and worldview and and those of your children as well. And the goal here is not perfection. The goal is active engagement so that we know how these things are influencing and affecting our kids. So as a thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today, for a gift of any amount, we'd also love to send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President, Dr. Danny Huerta's new book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. And one of those traits is intentionality, which we've talked a lot about today. And if you'd like more ideas on what does intentionality really mean, what does that look like in practice, Danny will help you go deeper in that area. Well, on behalf of our entire team, I want to say Thanks so much for listening today and God's grace to you in all of your endeavors this week. 
We look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In.